0: Hi, I'm Stacy. I love talking about how to know and live out God's callings in our lives, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in comfy armchairs. You can head to my website, com for more on discernment. That's S-T-A-C-E-Y-S-U-M-E-R-E-A-U dot Guess what? We are moving to Winchester, Virginia. My husband has a new job, and we're buying a house. This is a dream come true for me. It's also a dizzying world. Talk about discernment. Oh my gosh, Um, what a crazy adventure this is. So please pray for our decision-making process right now. We are $1,500 away from negotiating a house, Um, so the negotiating window is getting very small. Talk about high stakes. Oh my gosh. And, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to milder winters, being closer to family. Um, and, uh, I just, I'm going to miss our, our current location though. I'm going to miss all of our friends. So this is a big transition and today, because we are in the process, in the throes of packing and, and all of that, um, we're, I'm just not going to record a song today. So no song at the end of this podcast. I'm sorry, but there will be one next time. How you doing? Oh my gosh. So many changes here, but uh, you can bet that Called and Caffeinated is going to still be coming out even through the move. Um, this is a thing. Like I am just loving reading the iTunes reviews and watching the, the number of downloads and getting feedback from people. I just want to thank everyone who has left me an iTunes Tunes Review. Thank you so much. It means so much to me. And people who reach out to me with questions means so much to me that you guys um, are interacting with me and, and that this podcast is serving you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't tell you how happy I am to be hosting this. So let's dive into our episode today. We're going to be talking with Sister Bethany Davis. She is a daughter of St. Paul. And we're going to be talking about discerning your social media use. I mean, this is a huge area that affects so many of our lives. And it's also just a brand new front. No one in history has dealt with this before. So there's like no rules. You know, we're discovering like, who am I on social media? And how does this affect my real life? So Sister Bethany is excellent uh, at helping us discern this. She is a media nun herself. So um, someone with her spiritual formation, approaching the world of social media, um, I think it's going to be really valuable insight for all of us. Also, she shares her vocation story. I'm just obsessed with vocation stories. So it's great hearing from a young millennial who chose this unusual path of becoming a nun in today's world. Um, And then we also talk about this great concept of instead of just judging media influencers who don't agree with our beliefs, um, adopting them and praying for them. That's something I'd never heard of before. It blew my mind. So you're going to love this episode. You're going to love Sister Bethany, um, and let's get to it. Sister Bethany, thank you so much for being with me today. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're going to have a great conversation, I can tell. So what are you drinking today? I
1: have coffee. Um, yes. I'm, in the convent, you got to have coffee. So <laughs> 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 All my sisters would argue that, but I need coffee to survive mm-hmm. in the convent.
0: Cool. So, and before you and I talk, or sorry, before we started recording, um, you were just saying that you were out late last night, but (laughs) like none late. And we were, I thought that was hilarious. This is why we need coffee. Because for me, if I'm out past like seven o'clock, I'm like, oh, it's bedtime. It is bedtime.
1: Yeah, we were out like meeting some people. It was like a Catholic Twitter meetup. It was really fun. We met at Catholic University, um, which is where oh. really good. Which is fun, um, but we met at a little place right off of campus, so students could come. People who are studying at the Dominican House of Studies, blah, blah blah. So we were all there, um, and it was a lot of fun. But it was like eight eight fifteen, and the other sister and I were like, "We need to go now." <laughs> It's time. This <laughs> is not like a forty five minute commute back to the, the convent, but it was just kind of like, okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> he did happen
0: out. That is so funny. Did um uh Father Aquinas Beal, did he happen to be there? He's at the Dominican House of he Studies.
1: Was not able to be there. He did okay. tweet me later and was like, I'm sad I missed it, but if you're still around at nine and want to come for Compline <laughs> uh, No, I'm gonna be in bed. I know, right. I was like, I'm hoping that I'm gonna go home by nine. <laughs> That's really funny. Okay, so, but you know him though? I, uh, through Twitter, I've never actually met him in person yet, which is why it's so cool to do these Twitter meetups. Is like, we, I've done, I've been to one, let's see, last fall and then the one last night. And it's really beautiful here in the DC area, which is where I am living and where I'm stationed, Mm -hmm. Um, more than anywhere else. I've been able to actually meet in person these people that I've formed friendships with online they're like people that I know online have not have become real people (laughs) I was like the way I was gonna say I was like that sounds very (laughs) strange. they are real people and I've been able to like meet them and it's been really really beautiful like to have in-person relationships Mm. with people that it started out as an online friendship Mm. It's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. I, you know,
0: I've had a similar experience with the sisterhood because um, my, my reality TV show ended up airing worldwide. And so people were reaching out to me from, you know, England and really all over the globe and like asking, you know, I'm trying to figure out God's will for my life. And that's kind of what started me. Writing and started me, um, you know, sharing my well, I did share my experience in the TV show, but you know, continuing to share the ongoing discernment experience, um, and then starting this podcast. And I do think it's so amazing how technology. I think we sometimes look at it, at least I do, as bad because I think there's a lot of disadvantages to it. But then I think there's also incredible advantages, um, and so that's really cool. So you started these friendships, and then like you all just decided as a group, like, hey, we're going to meet up in person. Is that what how
1: that works? Yeah. So there was actually a um, seminarian. Well, he's a deacon. He's going to be ordained in June, which is Mm, really close to our community. And so he and I were talking, we're like, we should do like a Twitter meetup Mm. other, like, it's not a original idea. A lot of other people have done this where they're, I, some of the priests that I know did like a Chicago meetup when they were all there. Like the Sisters mm-hmm. in Boston hosted one when there were some people there. So we decided we were like, well, they can't have all the fun. We got to mm-hmm. do this. <laughs> yes. And yeah. since there's so many people in the D.C.
0: area, actually, Catholic U is my alma mater. Um, did you know that? I did not, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a musical theater major there at the Benjamin T. Rome School of Music. Hey. And, oh, my gosh. Here's another connection. Mary Lenneberg is coming to, um, to your bookstore today, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah, she has her mm-hmm. book launch today. So we're doing yes. like a book signing tonight with her.
0: Yeah. Yes, Be Brave and the Scared. I have a. I had a pre-publication copy of it and I interviewed her yesterday, actually. So
1: tell her I say hi and you guys I are now- We will. I also read her book. She gave me a pre-release. Guide. It's so good. It's so it real. Is. I love it. Oh my gosh. I've never read something that
0: makes me cry and laugh. As many times on as many separate occasions as that book did, okay, cool so uh, so what calls sister Bethany, have you received from God so far in your life, and what have those calls looked and felt like?
1: Well, I mean, the really obvious answer is like just the call from God to um, give my life to him in the religious life mm-hmm. um, is definitely like I guess like the biggest call I mean every day is a call from the Lord mm-hmm. um, but yeah, in a more general way, like I feel like this, this call from the Lord to give my whole life to Him, which was something that as I was a teenager, like didn't totally understand. Um, but it is beautiful to see how even as a teenager in discernment, which I'm sure that we'll talk about more as we go, but like as a teenager experiencing that, I'm going to call it like a void or just like this like desire for mm-hmm. something greater and not really knowing how to go about filling that void and like not knowing like what to do with this desire that I had for something bigger, for something greater, for, for more meaning. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like receiving that call from the Lord filled that what there's a saint that talks about like the God shaped hole in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And like receiving that call from the Lord and hearing it, because I feel like sometimes the Lord calls and I'm like, I'm mm, gonna pretend I didn't hear that one, or like genuinely <laughs> like, don't hear it, <laughs> <laughs> or like you really don't. Well, how, yeah, yeah, how did like, you I'm hear it? Like, oh, pretty thing. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <Shiny>. <laughs> I hear you. We've all done that.
1: Yeah. How, how
0: did? What did that call look and feel like to you? Because I think that's kind of something. I think that's like the million dollar questions. You know, how do you know what you're called to? And I'd love to hear, as a you know, as a sister, what how what that call looked like to you.
1: Yeah, um, it's that is a question I get a lot from people, especially, like, high school students, um, but even people in general are like, how did you know, or, like, mm. how do you know it was what God was calling you to, or things like that. But, I mean, honestly, for me, like, there was never any big moments where, like, a voice came from the heavens and was like, "Okay, here's the deal. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is what you're gonna do?" And like, I wish that would be so much, easier. <laughs> wouldn't um, it? Right? I know. I wish it would be like, "Okay, here's the plan. Here's step one point A. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, here's your itinerary for your life. And like, mm-hmm. even just like a brief outline, Lord, like a one thing would be great. Like, <laughs> Which is a one page summary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, okay. no. <laughs> well, oh, <that'd> be nice, <laughs> I know, right? Mm-hmm. But instead, like, um, it does look like all those cliches of like the, the Lord writes straight with crooked lines or like whatever. It's like, um, he really, he speaks in, to me, for me, he speaks in peace. Um, and he speaks gently for me. And it's something that he speaks gently and in peace, but I have to quiet myself enough to listen and to feel, um, and to hear uh, his voice in those moments. And so, um, yeah, like as I was growing up, I grew up in Maryland um, and I met a sister for the first time. My mom signed me up for a class at at my church. And, um, and so she just signed me up and was like, you're going to go to this thing. I was like, OK, cool. So like I, I went and it was the first time that I met a religious sister. She's a little sister of the poor. Mm, love them. Oh my gosh, so do I. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I like briefly discerned with them because I felt like I owed it to them because they were the ones that kind of introduced <laughs> me to like religious life. And I was like, and I, I love the elderly, um, but I was like, I don't know that I can do this for like my whole life. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think that that's like, it's a beautiful vocation, but it's not mine. Right. Um, as I like kept going, but I did like briefly discern with them. I did a couple of like vocation days and volunteer days with them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they're great. So I ended up going to my parish for this class that my mom signed me up for. Um, I was in eighth grade and I meet a sister for the first time. And I just remember her joy, Mm. uh, her genuineness and the fact that it was really striking to me how much she loved her community, Mm. how much she loved Jesus. And she spoke about Jesus like a real person. That's big Mm. air quotes because to me, Jesus was like somebody that was at church and like yeah, I believed in the Eucharist, and so, like, obviously as a Catholic, but, like, I, like, understood we were Catholic, we were we were Catholic, and, like, Catholic enough that I was like, okay, yes, Jesus is the Eucharist, okay, great, but it was like, Jesus was somebody I wanted to go see on Sundays, and, like, that was a, kind of about it for me personally, mm-hmm. um, and so, just, like, hearing the sisters speak about Jesus as a real person, mm-hmm. um, and hearing her speak about her sisters with great love and the people that she served in her mission with great love and hearing her talk to us with great love. She really wanted to be there with mm-hmm. us um, and just like sharing her life and her story. And she wasn't eloquent and she wasn't super funny, but she was who like she was she was very much herself. Yeah. And, that's, and she was genuinely happy.
0: Yeah. And it wasn't like a skipping
1: down the halls, bubbly over the top kind of happy, like a fake kind of happy. It was just like you could tell she was a deeply happy, joyful person. And I was just like, I want that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. as an eighth grader, I was like, I want what she's got. Um, maybe minus the funny clothes, but I want what she's got. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she's too much. Um so yeah, so it was one of the things that this class was like a couple weeks long, a few weeks long, I think it was six weeks or something. And so every week it was a different sister and a different religious brother or priest that came in and just kind of like shared their stories. Hmm. And and I kept seeing the same thing, especially in the sisters, but also in the priests and brothers and seminarians that came to visit because they would do like a man and a woman, like religious in the hour that we had them. So um, yeah. And so it was just like witnessing... Their joy and their happiness and their deep love for the Lord and their communities and for each of us, like the fact that they wanted to just hang out with eighth graders for an hour was like, wow, nobody mm. wants to do that. Eighth graders <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't want to hang out with me for an hour. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, I know. I remember the feeling. <laughs> oh, man. Seventh and eighth oh, grade, rough. <laughs>
0: yeah, just so much awkwardness.
1: There's just so much going on, like yeah. biologically and emotionally. Yeah, like you're a mess. So. Um, so yeah, so it was just like one of those things where I was just so impressed by that and just wanting that and desiring that happiness. And I remember several of the sisters, especially that first little sister of the poor, had said, if you remember nothing else, which I remember nothing else, (laughs) like if you remember nothing else, remember that, um, I hope you remember to ask the Lord what he wants of you because I promise you happiness. Mm. And she goes, if you ask the Lord what he wants of you, I promise you'll be happy. It was like something to that effect. And I was just like, ooh, good note. (laughs) Yeah, put that on a mug. I need to ask the Lord what he wants. Um, If I truly desire to be happy and to be happy, like these holy people that I'm like Mm -hmm. seeing um, are happy. And so then began my quest (laughs) for happiness. Um, And yeah, so it was... was, um, It was because of that class that I found my own religious community. Um, They didn't... The Daughters of St. Paul, which are the sisters I belong to, um, now are... We're not one of the sisters that like came and gave their story, but they were in like a pamphlet or something that I had uh, received at the end of this class. And, um, And it was just one of those beautiful moments of like flipping through this little booklet and it had pictures and a paragraph and it just there were some beautiful photos of the sisters of like Dominicans walking through the woods, praying the rosary and little sisters with like their, like the elderly or like the Carmelite sisters also with the elderly or sisters of life with babies, like, you know, like doing their ministry and like just happy, joyful people. And I saw this sister with a huge video camera. And I thought that that was the coolest thing that I had ever seen. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And it's so like, and just like the description of, um, and I'll talk probably more about the Daughters of St. Paul, like what our mission is later, but just briefly, like I was just impressed by how the Daughters of St. Paul mission was evangelization through the media. And Mm -hmm. it was to be the whole Christ, Jesus, way, truth, and life to the whole person, um, mind, will, and heart. And so I, I, Thought that that was so beautiful that the sisters wanted to use all forms of communication, forms um, that I was using as a teenager, like my phone and the TV and a magazine and a book, like whatever I was using and consuming as media, the sisters wanted to be there. Mm. And I thought that that was so beautiful. I was like, that's something I could do for the rest of my life. Like, that's very cool. And at that moment was like this nudge of like this gentle, you know, call from the Lord of just like, well, just write to them. Mm. So, I mean, I was 14 and like, I feel like if I would have like thought about it long enough and been like, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, like I wouldn't have done it. But in the moment <laughs> I, I just wrote to a couple of orders and was just like, hi, because this was the, the internet was around, but it was still like dial up and it took forever. Oh so yeah. I wrote to a bunch of sisters. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Hey, so I wrote to them, and several of those sisters were back, but the daughter St. Paul um wrote back and said, We'd like we have a high school summer program if you want to come visit and I was like, Okay, so I asked my parents for like a plane ticket to Boston, and so I wow. went like it was amazing at fourteen they'll meet like to Boston and um, wow, and visit the sisters and it It was such a beautiful experience to walk into that our house in Boston, our mother house is huge. It's like, I always get the number wrong. It's something like nine buildings or 11 buildings. Oh, wow. Enormous because it's our infirmary, our publishing house, our house of formation. Mm. Um, It's just, there's 70 sisters that live there. It's enormous. Wow. But just walking in and feeling really at home. I mean, like scared Mm. and kind of wanted to throw up, but also feeling really at home. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And just like that gentleness of the Lord of just like, I feel like... I feel, like, scared, but at the same time, this great sense of peace. Hmm. And that's how the wor- Lord has always worked in my life. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like, we're going to bring Mary back into the conversation. Mary, like, to be broken, <laughs> scared of just, like, the Lord giving me that grace of just, like, living the, that in those five or six days with the sisters <clears throat> and just like feeling very much at peace and very much at home Mm -hmm. and they invited me back. And every time I was with the sisters, just feeling that peace,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, feeling that, that, that joy hearing, like, and not that like your vocational call or anything is about a feeling per se, but to follow that peace, like to follow Mm -hmm. that sense of peace um, yes. even yes. in the midst of being scared or even in the midst of being, you know, like feeling a little bit of, of term, like just to find that peace that is from the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. and pray with it. so every time I would like visit the sisters after that, um, I mean, maintained a relationship with them. Um, I felt that sense of peace. And every time I would pray with the sisters. And then as I got older, um, when I turned 16, I started to drive. I grew up in Maryland. I would come and I would, Hilariously enough, come and volunteer with the sisters here in Alexandria, which is where I'm stationed now. So it's like absolutely bananas that like (laughs) I live in the place and I'm like doing the job or like assigned to the mission work that the sister who would invite me to help her with like as a teenager Uh, is doing. So it's like that's so cool. cool. It's so bizarre. That's Um, awesome. Yeah, I know. So it's like but just every time I come volunteer with the sisters here is just that sense of peace. Mm-hmm. Like I would try to fill, fill the void for myself when I was at home. I keep myself super busy. I'm the oldest. And I like was in college and working three full-time jobs. And like, I had piano students. Like I just, I had all of these things going on, but it was every time that I would stop and I would pray um, that the Lord would kind of like bring this back up to me again. And like, every time I was with the sisters, it was that sense of peace. So Mm. I think for me, that was like the most, it was the longest way of telling you that like, no, it's good. Like like just following that sense of peace is really how the Lord speaks to me in my life. And even as a Mm -hmm. sister, um, Right now, I am I was asked, I am our outreach coordinator um, for schools and parishes, which means I get to bring resources, um, like books and, and DVDs and all sorts of things to schools and parishes in the mid-Atlantic area, um, mm-hmm. give talks, things like that, and just, like, even, like, what requests to respond to. Cause we get so many requests to come and it's like where to go and what to do. And just like bringing it to the Lord. It's like, okay, Lord, like you have to create the schedule for me. Mm-hmm. Like even something as simple as that, or like, Lord, I've also been part-time um, studying at Catholic university of America and like, mm-hmm. like, okay, Lord, like how many classes am I supposed to be taking? And it's a conversation with my superior so too, but it's just like all these things. It's like, you follow that sense of, that sense of peace and like where the Lord is working in your life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I give talks on discernment as well. And that's always what I share as well is, is follow the peace. Cause that's how I knew I was called to marry my husband was exactly. just, it was like, Oh, there you are. You know, it was simple. And it was, and I didn't question it. And it just, every time I saw him, it was like, Oh, Yeah, this is real. And then next time it was more real and more real. And it just kind of kept growing. um, And the peace never left me. So yeah, I, I love that. um, When I ask people that question about what callings they received. um, I love that people bring up the voice from God that they don't hear. (laughs) Mhm, and the, um, we've had that multiple times, people doing the God voice and it always kind of sounds like, um, the 10 commandments, like, yeah. <laughs> Bob,
1: Bob, Bob. <laughs> yes.
0: yeah, that was so beautiful. And I appreciate you really getting into it because I think it's this nebulous thing. We're like, what is this? You know, what am I supposed to do with my life? And there's all this stress surrounding discernment. So thank you for going into that. And I think location stories are like the most effective way to find out, you know, that, that big decision, what is God calling you to? So thank you for sharing. Um, Yeah. So as a media nun, um, I think, I, I mean, I love, I love that your order is willing to go there. And I, obviously the internet's not going anywhere. The internet is very much here to stay, and we're only becoming more and more interconnected, um, at least internet wise, um, as a, as a society and, and the world as a whole. So For me, I like I find if I spend too much time on the internet, and honestly, I have a Twitter account, I don't even really go on it ever. Mm -hmm. I share something every once in a while. But I just find the internet to be both a good place, you know, where I can share positive, uplifting things. And you know, I really like Instagram. But then the internet is also a nasty place. And I just like even Facebook, sometimes is just where people rant and they get into these conversations. And I'm like, I don't want to have any of that. So how do you as a a media nun who is like supposed to be bringing the light of Christ to people? How do you, how do you reach people through the internet and, and also protect yourself from kind of all that negativity that's out there?
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And I think it's a constant struggle and a constant balance for each of us. And I'll speak mm-hmm. to my own experience and what I've um, been called to do and what I um, do, like, participate in um, on the internet. Because as Daughters of St. Paul, it's, somebody asked me this uh, last night. Um, they were like, are you, like, mandated to be on the internet? Like, <laughs> are you required to have a Twitter account when you enter? And I was like... <laughs> I was like, actually, that's a little <laughs> bit, but I was like, no. I mean, that's that's not it because not everyone has the same gifts, and not mm. everyone has the same um, capacities for every platform, yeah. and not and ev- not everyone can do everything, and not everyone is supposed to do everything, right? I, as daughters of Saint Paul, we do our media mission is so wide. So we have sisters that write publish and edit books we have sisters that run radio programs mm. um, we do our television um studio is a little it's like kind of on hold right now um because you don't have the personnel for it but we do like in other parts of the world we do television um mm. and videos and things like that um but then we also we run like bookstore so people have a place of resource um Mm. so they can come and get things um we go out to other parishes and schools so that people who can't get to us we get to them so it's like so our media mission is so vast and so wide that not all of our sisters are online um but for myself because i am a millennial um i was not born with the internet but like close enough that it was around during my formative years Mm -hmm. Um, that it's not hard for me to jump in and out of. Um, It's not hard for me to navigate. Um, And so, and some, a lot of my sisters um, are really, I'm so edified by like some of my sisters who like a lot of other people their age aren't on the internet or are afraid or Mm, use media well, but my sisters really do. And I'm always so edified by that. That's so cool. Yeah. But so like for me being on the internet was something that I knew that I wanted to do because there's such a wide variety of people. Um, and they're people that I would never be able to meet in real life. Um, because simply we don't have a presence there as Daughters of St. Paul and it's not a place I would probably go. It's like a small town where like maybe like the Catholic church is super tiny or like whatever, but like either way, it's like people find us there. Mm -hmm. now to use it well our founder always said like whatever you're doing do it well um and i i feel like for me it's being a blend of authentic and myself which was something that was really striking to me as an eighth grader when i met a sister for the first time Mm -hmm. so for myself it's a mix of being authentic but also sharing like like sharing jesus and like Mm -hmm. i didn't i knew from the beginning that i didn't want to be like some like I don't even know what to call it, like pithy, like pious little like Twitter feed of <laughs> like just quoting the the Saints and Bible verses all the time, which yes. is good and has its place. Yeah. But I knew that I wanted to like kind of blend them together. Like I mm-hmm. wanna talk about how I made homemade pizza and it's amazing <laughs> and like and like how much I love or like like the fact that like Jesus loves says he loves me today by the pretty latte that I got with a friend this morning or like mm-hmm. you know like you know it's like things like that that's like blending like this is what the lord said to me in scripture today or like this is something i found beautiful and i mm-hmm. found God in it but then mm-hmm. also just like ridiculous things too like every year i like I do like a lamb cake for Easter, and like oh. it's always a saga. Like sometimes it turns out, and sometimes it <laughs> not And like it's so funny, and hundreds of people watch and interact with me on this like journey on Holy Saturday to make this lamb cake for Easter. And it's so fun and funny. I love it. It? It's a very like Catholic thing, and it's yes. a thing. But like at the same time, like I'm just like, I hope this turns out. And I am like oh no. Like, I'm very much myself and I think that that's kind of what keeps me sane on the internet because if I were just trying to be like this pious face all the time or like trying to be what I think people want me to be mm. on the internet I would lose it. Like I just yeah. wouldn't be on the internet. I think for me it was very much like well I I do want to like there are so many people with so many different opinions. And for me, it's like, I'm never going to stop being myself. Right. And so like people will sometimes comment things of just like sisters shouldn't do this or sisters shouldn't be on the internet. It's like, no, like Mm -hmm. I should be here because you're here. Right. Because you as a person are here and my mission is to bring Jesus to you. That's Mm -hmm. what I've been interested with. To Uh use the media well to bring Jesus to you. And so it's like, I'm going to do that as myself. I can't do yeah. that as anyone else. Right. Do you oh. ever get, I, I love all that. I,
0: I love the lamb cake. And I, I was actually um, uh, stalking you a little bit on Instagram. If we even call, I don't, people used to talk about stalking each other on Facebook. They don't even talk about stalking each other anymore. That's like, it's like expected that you're just watching everybody, I think.
1: <laughs>
0: but I was watching you on Instagram. That sounds super weird that still sounds creepy. Um, and I looked at one of your stories and I think you put this filter on where you had like these big eyes and these really let like, this really high voice or something. It was really funny. You looked like a little doll and you were telling a story about how like a man in the grocery store was like, did you know that Jesus loves you sister? And you're like, I don't think, uh, I don't think people realize that I need to hear that sometimes too. And I really appreciated that. And I just thought that was so like, that has not left me. I thought that was so funny.
1: Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, I think that was a Snapchat thing that I, like, put over onto Instagram. Okay. But- I'm, I'm not even on Snapchat. So, mm-hmm. I feel like I, a dinosaur. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. When I started, okay, so this is the whole thing about, like, you can't do everything. Yeah. I had started, so my Facebook page is basically just linked to my Instagram. Um, mm, and and then, I don't really do too much on Facebook other than it just links over there so that my grandma has something to look at. And then, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um Instagram, like I do do, and Twitter, I also do pretty proactively, but Snapchat, I, so for a while there, it was like Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat Mm. and Snapchat. I got on because like, I have all younger siblings, all my siblings were on it. Mm -hmm. Um, All of their friends were on it. I was like, okay, so maybe this is going to be like the next platform. And it is, and was, but I was finding it wasn't, it was kind of a one way street more than a two way street. Yeah. Yeah of like I was putting out content but I wasn't able to interact with anyone because this okay I never know how to tell this story because when I was on Snapchat I went viral in the UK and yeah I had to like because before I had my my Snapchat account like public I think and people could message me, whoever. And like, mm-hmm. I would get occasional inquiries and stuff. And it was nice. It was enough, like, I could keep up with it and maintain what I've been asked to do in my community. And so I was like, okay, great. But mm-hmm. then I went viral in the UK and I got like 2000 messages in an hour. And I was like, wow. I can't, like my phone go off. It was like four times a minute. Like, I don't know what that translates wow. to, but it was just like, I, I can't keep up. With this, And it was very overwhelming. And so I just like, I had to kind of lock down. I had to lock it back down again. Hmm. And I tried to open it up several times. As soon as people see that it's open, they'll start messaging me again. And so it just like, I got a lot of like things that I also didn't want to see or like things Hmm. that I didn't like stuff like that. That was like, that was my first, like, I don't want to call it traumatic, like, moment on the internet but it was like the first time i was like i didn't ask for any of this yeah like, and so like since then i really only use snapchat for like my siblings um okay. we have like, a snapchat group so i've kind of like locked it down a little bit just because it was just too much and i got way mm-hmm. too much stuff that like i just didn't need or want to see mm-hmm. um you're just too popular. I'm like, to like bring it up because I'm like, I went viral. <laughs> like, oh that's my gosh. Really weird. But was,
0: no, like, no, that's, I get it. I get it. It's like, you know, you're putting things out there publicly, but you kind of expect like the same number of people who have always seen your things to see your things
1: mm-hmm. instead
0: of all of a sudden it feels like the whole world is jumping. That hasn't, well, that actually, you know, that did happen on the day that they, um, they they uh, passed that stupid oh horrible tragic um, so called reproductive health care act in New York, mm-hmm. and I posted on Facebook about what that law meant, and um, posted a picture of my thirty 39- nine week old daughter who was born at 39 weeks in one day. And um, the day she was born, and basically, you know, saying everything that 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 lawn tailed, and that got like 100,000 views, which is like not I mean, that's not I wouldn't call that viral. But it's like a lot more than I'm used to. And so then all of a sudden, I logged in. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, what has been happening over here? And it was like 500 comments, 6000 shares, I was like, what is happening? So yeah, and then it becomes like, Oh, no, I need to I don't know. I need to shut down and walk away for a little while. Cause then yeah, too much. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's and so interesting. That,
1: and that's the thing. It's like, to me at that point, it's not ministry anymore. I had to really think about and curate a little bit more. And I do as a sister have to like curate and like figure out like, what do I need to share? And what's just for my sisters? And what are things that are just for Jesus and me? Like mm-hmm. I do not share every prayer every morning um, because sometimes I, I ask the Lord, I'm like, okay, Lord, like, if you like, do you want me to share this? Like, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like there have been mornings where I'm like, I'm going to share this. And then I like have trouble putting it into words. And like, that's when I'm like, okay, Lord, like, is this something I should share? And sometimes I feel like he almost sort of answers me and just being like, no, this is just for me and you today. Mm-hmm. Like, cool. So it, I think it's because it didn't feel like ministry anymore. And it was just kind of like content pushing.
0: Yeah. I, yeah.
1: Think more of, I felt like out of touch with like what people needed and wanted. And
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's really, I, I think that taps into like a very deep like question of, you know, how much do we share and how much, how much do we keep to ourselves? Um, and it's, you know, you're such a fascinating person to talk to you about all this because you are a person of prayer. You are using your, you know, your whole life is, is given to being a sister, but then at the same time you're using that to evangelize. So it's like for yourself, I like how you have this, you mentioned you have this ongoing conversation. Does it ever, is it ever a struggle to be like, Oh, I'm, I feel so holy posting that I'm praying or, and is that the point if you do struggle with that? Is that the point where you're like, I'm not going to share that.
1: Um, I think it does take a lot of like interior, reflection and kind of like knowing mm-hmm. yourself and I feel like especially even just in the last two years for myself of getting better at recognizing like if I have any doubts as to whether this is from me or from the Lord then I don't post it mm-hmm. like if I'm like I don't know if this is just so I can get the validation of getting mm-hmm. likes and shares and interactions like mm-hmm. am I sharing this because I know it's going to get a lot of likes like because you can kind of figure out like what's going to yeah. you know, what's gonna produce you know a reaction and what's not mm-hmm. um, you get kind of you can get good at it and so it's like for me, it's kind of i have I've had to ask myself maybe not so much um, with like prayer or anything because I feel like whenever you're posting. Like oh like I don't usually post when I'm praying. Usually I'll post something afterwards, like something mm. like a fruit of my prayer, um, because I try not to have my phone in chapel too too much, mm. um, because it just you get distracted. Um, but where what I was going to say is I've gotten a little bit better about especially things in community because people always want us to like pull the veil back on what it's like full uh-huh. yeah. yeah. I didn't <laughs> think about that until I said it. Um, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll what like, what is it like to live in a religious community or like, yeah. what is life like? And like, I don't mind sharing some things, but there are some times that like, I was realizing I was posting like, when it was a sister's birthday, like we would like sing the birthday song or like hmm. like whenever we would like, you know, grill or like do something that was kind of out of the ordinary. I was posting it and I was like, you know what, there are some things that it's okay to just like, it's sister's birthday. I don't have to have a phone in her face. Yeah. Like right. this moment can just be for us. Mm-hmm. And like, occasionally it's fine to like share that and be like, like it's sister Mary's birthday today. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. whatever. But like sometimes it, I just, I found myself kind of pulling back a little bit because there are just some sacred moments mm-hmm. that can just You don't have to share everything. And I feel like a couple years ago, that's where I was at. And I had to kind of ask myself, I was like, is this for the sake of the mission? Is this for Jesus? Or is this because I know that this is what people like and this is what people want? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Is it controlling you or are you still in control exactly. of what you post? And are you doing it for the likes? Actually, um, I wrote a blog post that I'll link to in the in the show notes kind of about, about this issue of discerning social media use. You know, how much do you do it and what is it for? And I kind of encourage people to think of themselves as digital disciples, which you literally are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what what's the purpose of it? What is God's plan for this this next 15 minutes of my life as I'm like doing my hair so I can post this live video or whatever of myself talking about something you know what what is God's plan for that you know is it is it really to be shared or is it for you and I love that I love Mm -hmm. that you're kind of I love that you're like in the struggle too you know you're not just like above it it's it's an ongoing personal discernment for you right
1: because like a practical thing because I was so afraid of like for example, like the happy birthday thing, like you only sing happy birthday to this person once. And I was afraid that if I was like discerning with my social media, that I would like miss the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, that I was like, like, oh no, like if I don't do it, like then it's never going to happen. Like I can't get that, you know? So mm-hmm. sometimes when I first started like realizing maybe I need to take a little bit more of a, a step back is like, sometimes I would like, record like us singing happy birthday or like boomerang the cake coming out or like something like that. But like, I wouldn't post it right away. I would, I would take the footage and then I would lock my phone and set it down. I would, we would have like cake or whatever. And then I could go back to it, you know, 20 minutes later when we're done and be like, Hmm, is this something that I actually do want to post or Mm -hmm. like not? So it was like taking the time That's like, I don't have to, like, sure, like, if I'm afraid of missing the moment, I can still, like, capture it, but I don't have to post it or not post it right away. And then there are some moments where I just have to ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, Lord, is this something you just want me to live right now? Mm -hmm. And, like, not even have my phone out and just, like, not it's okay. Like you don't yeah. have to share anything. No one says you have to share everything. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it, it seems like
0: maybe, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but do you agree that we sometimes err on the side of like, but my followers need to see this. Whereas in reality, like people probably don't care as much as you think they do. <laughs> they do. Right. No one's going to care if I miss posting about my, my, um, my son's birthday or my daughter's birthday it doesn't mean I don't love them. I'm just loving them in real life. (laughs) And I did post for their birthdays, but that was like a colossal effort. (laughs) And I do, I do enjoy posting. I like the, you know, the dopamine shot or whatever you get when you kind of see that you have a whole bunch of new likes or followers. It's really exciting. But yeah, I like kind of that question of, are you, you know, is this having a conversation and asking Jesus, like, is this something you want me to share or not. And that's really good. I'm um, wondering, do you ever get into Facebook uh, debates as a media nun, or do you just say, nope,
1: not going to do that? I generally don't for Mm -hmm. this is the main reason. And there are a couple of side reasons, but the main reason is that I don't represent myself when I'm online. Mm -hmm. I am sister Bethany, but I am a daughter of St. Paul and I represent the church Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's one of those things that like, I know that I'm a very, I'm a passionate person. I put 110% in like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it like, and I'm going to do it all the way. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I'm built. And I know that if I get into a discussion, I will get angry is not the right word, but I will get heated. And I am afraid that in my, my boldness or in my, like wanting someone to hear the truth that I will not be charitable, or that I will not represent my community or the church well. Hmm. So for me, it's just some of my sisters do it really well, and I leave it to them. I'm so hmm. sorry you can hear that truck that's going by. Yeah, I was going to say, are you at a monster truck rally? <laughs> sorry, I know it sounds. Like that. <laughs> can you- As daughters of St. Paul, we live like downtown because that's where we're yes. uh, But we live in a very busy street, so I apologize. Oh no, that's okay. <laughs> I was going to say could
0: you put the monster truck rally you're at on the your, your, your Instagram story please?
1: <laughs> okay, all right. That's And we live around the corner from the fire department, so that always gets fun. Oh, too. that's that's fun. Yeah. Um <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, so like I really I generally don't get involved in Facebook mm-hmm. debates too much just because I it's a path that leads me into a place that I don't really want to go and it's a place right. that I don't really need to go and honestly most of the time, I'm not going to say all or yes, always or never, but most of the time, the people that are commenting and debating are not willing to have their minds changed. They're not open to mm-hmm. a conversation. They're more just to spew their opinion at you over and over again, mm-hmm. which is ridicule. And so I just find it's not worth my time or energy, uh, emotionally or literally, um, mm-hmm. to, to invest in that. So that's not a place that I usually end up Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to have a conversation, like, I also don't spend a lot of time on Facebook either. But like on Twitter, if somebody wants to have a conversation, I'll say, DM me, my DMs are open, like, and we'll have a conversation. And if you're not willing to have a conversation, then I'm I'm not gonna engage in whatever it is that you're trying to do. <laughs> yes. Yes. That sounds like you have really healthy boundaries about that. Cause I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I found people, I think this is widely acknowledged, but like people don't generally, people generally say stupid stuff on the internet to win the argument, but nobody really wins because nobody is open to having their minds change anyway. And I agree. Like it could happen, but it mostly, it mostly
1: doesn't. And I've yeah. had some good conversations with people and mm-hmm. that's beautiful, but for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, cool. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your charism um,
1: and your history as a daughter of St. Paul. Yeah, so like um, the Daughters of St. Paul, um, we were founded in 1915 in Italy. And so we've been, or relatively young, you know, Mm -hmm. speaking. um, And our founder really founded us um, as apostles of the media um, Mm -hmm. because a hundred years ago, there really weren't too many religious sisters or brothers or priests, our founder, Father James Alberione, um, blessed James Alberione. actually, excuse me, um, he founded 10 branches of the Pauline family. Um, so based on the spirituality of, of St. Paul, um, and it's for every vocation. So like for married couples, for single people, for active religious, contemplative religious, priests, diocesan priests, like he that mm-hmm. no matter what your vocation in life, you should be able to live the Pauline spirituality. And the Pauline spirituality is Jesus way truth and life um, like the whole Christ he like he talks Jesus talks about himself as the way the truth and the life and so a lot of our life is like built into threes as Pauline um, mm-hmm. just bringing the whole Christ to the whole person mm-hmm. um, so Jesus for our mind Jesus for our will Jesus for our heart um, and so like our sisters um priests and brothers and lady um we're all called to be that for the world. So the daughters of St. Paul are founded in 1915. And we started with like books and newspapers and parish bulletins and printing all of that. Um, and then our founder basically said, whatever comes along, we need to use it for good. We need to use it for the gospel. We need to use it for Yeah. So he really, like, he was one of the first filmmakers in Italy. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah. He started using radio. Um, He died in 1971, so he didn't really see the internet. Um, But I know he would have had a field day. Like, I feel like he would have had, like, a vlog channel or something. (laughs) He'd, like... He, I feel like he would have like done something really cool with it. So just as daughters of St. Paul, we're called to be like St. Paul living today to mm-hmm. um, speak of Jesus in the medium that we have today. So a that lot of them sense. are on the internet, but we still do books and television and radio and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because wherever people are, whatever medium people are using, we also want to be there and to bring Jesus there um, yes. and to give people an opportunity um, to, to do that. And then the other part of our charism is really making reparation for quote unquote bad media, um mm, for that wow. media that is corrupting, for that media that is um unhelpful for people, unhealthy for people. And, um, yeah, so it's like, it, it, wow. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And you'll find that a lot of our sisters adopt celebrities, um, to like pray for specifically. Whoa. Um, yeah. Really? They, that's so yeah, cool. are like <laughs> people who are like, have a big influence in the media world. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, like I've prayed for Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry, and Taylor Swift for years. Oh my
0: gosh. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. I love that. They're like your, your little, uh well, I don't I can't think it's of, kind of like a good like spiritual word for it. Motherhood. I'm just yeah. like I pray
1: for them and like for their souls and like the content that they put out and that they produce and um, yeah. Yeah. Wow, so,
0: that's so I I I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> and my I know, like,
1: sister's will pray for like CEOs, like you know, mm. jobs or while he was living, or like you know, like Mark Zuckerberg, things like that. So it's like people have big influence. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah, I
0: was gonna ask about reparation and what that looks like. It, are there other other forms of reparation or other ways that you make reparation?
1: A lot of it is written into our prayer book. Blessed James Alberione, um, he like he wrote us a prayer book um, that we pray from often. In like also with like the praise of the church, but we also pray from the Pauline prayer book that he wrote. And a lot of it is ingrained into that that we pray for. Like we offer the mass parts of like we offer the mass for um, reparation for bad media. Those, mm or produce or influence bad media um and so like that a lot of sisters like some of the sisters take on like personal penances um it. Mm-hmm. so like some sisters will like give up you know like eating in between meals for the sake of you know this person or mm-hmm. um, it, things like that so a lot of it's like personal or like pray a decade of the rosary for each like for five different celebrities you know like things like that or like Things like that. But it looks different for every sister. Um, but the thing that we do communally is we do have several prayers and a lot of our chaplets and novenas have it in, in it, like okay. ingrained in it. So, Got
0: it. That is so interesting. And along with all the prayers that I know every order is, is personalized. And I don't think people quite realize this. They maybe think nuns spend their whole day praying, but I think most, well, some people think nuns spend their whole day praying and other people, I think, don't quite realize that like every order has individualized prayers that they, um, from their founder or just ways that they've kind of grown into their spirituality. Right. But, yeah. Cause you pray the liturgy of the hours, but then it sounds like you kind of have your own schedule as well. Yeah, own, so
1: our, yeah. I mean, we do pray a lot, but we are active sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means that I'm doing the apostolate all day, which means some of the sisters are in the bookstore. I go out to schools and parishes. A lot of my life is email because I'm coordinating with schools and parishes. Right? Mm-hmm. School, you know. But also during the day, it's like we go to mass every day. We pray morning and evening prayer together. Um, we also do a half an hour of meditation. Not like the Aum, but like, uh, like reflection <laughs> on the gospel of the day. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. We have another half hour of prayer that we also originally call the half hour. Um, <laughs> like spiritual reading or just sitting with the Lord in the blessed sacrament mm-hmm. for half an hour. And then the the big part of our day that we are bound to by our, um, constitutions is an hour of adoration every day that we call the visit because we're mm-hmm. visiting with our beloved. We're visiting with Jesus. So, um, so yeah, we have an hour of adoration. We have that half hour of reflection on the gospel, a half hour of prayer, morning, and evening prayer and mass. Wow. So that, that's like around three ish hours a day mm-hmm. of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's like, all broken up and it's it kind is, of,
0: yeah. it's kind of becomes part of your rhythm, right? Like you just, totally. yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It sounds like a lot, but I found like when I was visiting convents, it just, it just kind of makes
1: sense. You it know, keeps it, you rooted. Yeah. It's like the first thing that I do in the morning after coffee is I go to church. No, And it's like, and I spend time with scripture and the Lord for half Mm -hmm. an hour. And then we pray morning prayer and we go to mass together. Like, that is like an anchor to my day. It's the beginning point of my day. And then at a certain point, I'll pray my half hour. Usually I pray my visit in the morning and make like at some point, I try to do it before lunch because it's really hard once lunch hits, the rest of the day kind of disappears. But I'll do like my hour of adoration. And then at some point in the afternoon, like I'll be working, I'll eat lunch. And then at some point in the afternoon, I pray another half an hour. Um, and then I go back and I work some more. And then in the evening, we have evening prayer together and like examination of conscience. And it's like, it's one of those things where like, it just, you just keep checking back in the Lord, Kind of like, I'm, like, you might like text your husband throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Or like, he might call you and be like, Hey, I'm on lunch break. How's it going? Or like, how are the kids? Or like, right. sometimes it's just practical things. Like you're like, Hey honey, can you pick up milk on your way home? Like sometimes I'll come into like into chapel for like three minutes. Cause I live with mm. Jesus, which is really cool. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Come laughs> in and then just be like, like, Hey Jesus, like there's this thing in the apostle that like, I don't know what to do about. Like, can mm-hmm. you just like, you know, Pray for this, like, or yeah. like, can you, like, injure, like, give me the grace to like deal with this, or like, can you, like, I entrust this to you, to mm. you, your sacred heart, and so it's like, and then I'll just walk out, and it's like I don't want to be there forever, but like, yeah, so it's like, just gonna check in with the one that you love throughout yeah. the time, and that's how our prayer life is. It's not I'm in chapel all the time; I just check in with Jesus pretty regularly because he is the one that I'm committed to so
0: <laughs> yeah that's beautiful I like thinking of him as your spouse and you're just in constant conversation but we can all no matter whatever, not no matter what our vocation, we can we can do that I try to pray with my kids so if I'm if I'm having a tough time or something I'll just say aloud I'll be like Jesus please you know help me in this moment help me be patient or whatever my kids look up and start pointing the crucifix and blowing him kisses <laughs> which is really cool yeah. well sister Bethany thank you so much um, thank you so yeah much. this is an awesome conversation I just loved talking with you you and thank you for shining your light all all over the place all over all across the interwebs and um you know we'll
1: talk soon sounds good thank you so much god bless you
0: wasn't she just a delight i hope you enjoyed this episode and if there's a young man or woman in your life who may be scared of following a vocation or pursuing a vocation to religious life I would just ask that you let the Holy Spirit do his thing and pass this episode on to them. That might help allay some of their fear of just entering into the question of, am I called to be a nun? If you head on over to my website, you can find information on my topics as a speaker. I love traveling to speak and I hope you will consider me for your event. Also, you can subscribe and get a free worksheet called How to Make the Right Choice, which is chock full of discernment strategies to help open you up to hearing God's voice in your life and to know His will, the best that I know of. So hop on over there if you haven't already. I look forward to seeing you again in two weeks for coffee. God bless.